Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and we're getting over the hump. Yep, that's right. It is hump day. So... On the way to help you get over that humpty bump, going to check in with the Joe Rose Show. They are talking to high school football coach Pat Sertain. He's talking high school football, college football, and a little bit of Tua talk. The Dan Levitard Show checks in with Rachel Nichols from inside the NBA bubble. Then Hawk and Crowder, they let you know Atlanta is the anti-bubble. Also, if you've been listening to Hawk and Crowder all afternoon, it is National Chicken Wing Day. So I got my Mount Rushmore of chicken wings for you right now. Three Mile Island Wings from Hooters. You can actually go to my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio, and see a picture of me from a couple of Halloweens ago when I was dressed up as a Hooters girl. Hmm. Number two on the Mount Rushmore, just the traditional hot wings. I like them hot. Yeah. Some curry wings, number three. And number four on the Mount Rushmore, dry rub. Whoo, I can go for some good dry rub. Also, right now, go for some headlines. Tuatanga Baloa has been physically cleared to play. He is expected to practice with no limitations at Dolphins camp next month. The Panthers were defeated by Tampa earlier today, 5 to nothing in an exhibition game. They opened their playoff series with the Islanders Saturday at 4. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. Following their exhibition loss to Memphis, 128-110, the Heat prepare to resume the NBA season Saturday against Denver. Miami does plan to play next season in full arenas. Bill Steele's computer projections have the Hurricanes much better this season than last, including upping their points per game from 25 to 33. As of now, Miami is scheduled to open the actual season September 5th against Temple. Due to a COVID outbreak, the Marlins have suspended all of their games through Sunday. They are expected to pick up play early next week. The Pelicans and Jazz are discussing kneeling around Black Lives Matter signage during the national anthem at their NBA restart tomorrow. The Chargers and Joey Bosa have agreed to a four-year extension worth $135 million. The defensive end is guaranteed $102 million. A bar in Australia is going to lead off, you know what, the day spa. Ah, said bar in Australia has banned local emus because they were barging into the bar, stealing food, and defecating on the floor. Great, now both emus and myself are banned from Australian bars. A 99-year-old woman recently not only piloted a plane, but gave someone flying lessons while doing it. Oh, I pray she was instructing a 14-year-old girl. A Northern Ireland couple went on their very first date, and they were the victims of a prank. Their friends decided to throw them a celebration as if they had just got engaged. I don't know about you, but I would have totally ejected fast out of that one. A 35-year-old Australian woman says never date men in their 30s if you want to be happy. I'm whatever age you want me to be. 
She is my hot mess of the day, though. Now on the weather, tonight's forecast, partly cloudy with temperatures in the mid-80s. Getting up in the morning, just a little bit easier from 6 to 10 with the Joe Rose Show. Earlier today, they caught up with local high school football head coach Pat Sertan about five-star recruiting, high school seniors' mindset, South Florida high school football assessments, also golf, tennis, or bowling, and he even has some Tua talk. First of all, we were laughing earlier this morning. So you're the only guy in the history of the Miami Dolphins that let everybody say your last name wrong for like three years and then one day came out and said, hey, uh, it's no big deal, but you guys all saying my last name wrong. I never seen it. How long did you let that go before you started saying it's not certain, it's certain? How how long before you finally said enough? That was about a year. I I let y'all Miami guys have fun with it, integrate myself into the organization. So I let y'all have fun with it, then then I correct it. Yeah, as soon as you start having like seven picks a year, go look at man. Since I'm gonna be a big part of this thing, let's get it right before I get these 37 (laughs) picks, and let's uh, let's get it rolling. Hey, Pat, yeah. we, got all, we got all kinds of stuff to talk to you about, man. Um, James Williams is, is back. You've coached him before. Really interesting. Five-star safety, verbally committed to, to Miami. 6'5", like 215 to 220. I, I get people mm-hmm. ask me all the time, is he, he going to be a pass rusher? Is he going to be a linebacker? Can he play safety? Is he too big? What, what are your thoughts on what his position could end up being? I think he's going to play safety at the next level. When we got him in 10th grade, obviously you, you saw the, the, the physical stature. You know, a, a kid, 15, 16-year-old who's 6'5", 215, who, who moves like that. And obviously he left to go to uh, Western last year then came back to us. Since we've had him in January, it, it seemed like, you know, he's gotten faster, he's gotten quicker. The movement skills, and that's for to let me know that at the next level, you know, they'll find a position for him in the secondary. I don't think he'll be a guy who, who they put on the D-line, but, but he'll definitely play some second-level defense, you know, as far as being, being probably a box safety. Uh, he can cover tight ends. You know, he could do it all, man. He, he's the first football player, and I think, you know, Miami got him a good one. We've heard about this kid for a couple of years now. We've talked about when we're talking about high school football, especially down here in South Florida. Uh, what got him? What, what do you think got him to come back to American Heritage to play with you guys, especially for this last year? Some circumstances, uh, you know, things things changed, changed in his life. And I think he wanted, you know, some structure. He wanted some structure. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, at least to the, the level that he expected. And I'm not only talking about, you know, on the football field, because obviously the kids are phenomenal player. So he was going to do good in football, you know, wherever he would have went. But I'm, I'm talking about the other things, uh, academically, just doing some things on, on the off the field that wasn't becoming of him. So, you know, he, he decided to bring it back over, you know, to Harry. Yeah, you know, Pat, it, it's uh, it's really interesting. I didn't know his life story. My God, he is he is personally, family-wise, been through it all. Things he's seen as a kid. What, what He's really mm-hmm. overcome a lot. I guess uh, that, that's been a big part of his story, which I didn't realize till recently. Recently, just unbelievable. Have have you talked to him? Is it because he just seems like he's really overcome a lot? Yeah, he has, man. And you, you know, you you kind of want to take a, a kid like that and put him under your wing. Obviously, the, the term hall 
that it, that he the turmoil that he's been through. You don't wish that on anybody, but you know that that that's a part of his story, a part of his life, and I think it, it's made him the person who he is. He he's a very mature kid, you know, for his age, and and obviously he's yeah. seen a lot. And I think that's going to bode well for him going forward because there's nothing that that ever could be done on the football field or maybe in the rest of his life that that come with with what he's he seen before in his life. So, like I said, man, the, the kid, he's a wonderful kid. He's a smart kid, very deep-thinking kid, and he's going to do well at the next level. Pat, we got a bunch of other things to, to, to get to, like that darn kid of yours who, uh, wow, what a start to his career now, a junior at Alabama. What are your thoughts, and what do you tell him? My gosh, he's at the top of these mock drafts. You tell him to stay away from watching it. How have you treated everything with junior? We've discussed it some, but... At the end of the day, it is what it is. It's a mock. Obviously, if, if they play this season, he's got to go out there and do it again. You know, it, it's what have you done for me lately. He has that mindset, and he's focused on, you know, having a, the best year, you know, since he's been there. And I think that's been his mindset all along. You know, he when he was home, when, when they couldn't report back, he did everything in his power to, to get better. And obviously, when he got back on campus, you know, he, he's, he's worked his butt off to, to you know, kind of keep, keep that edge. So yeah. he he knows he knows what's what what it is going forward. He knows the things that he has to do in order to get to the level that he wants to be. So he's very cognizant of that, and and I expect him to have a, a, a very very good year. I want to ask you about another corner. You know a thing or two about that position. How good is Earl Little Jr.? Everybody's been raving about him, calling him the best corner in South Florida right now, and he's not a senior. After matching him up with some of the guys you've had through the years, and my God, you've had some good ones, including your son and, and Campbell on the other side. How, how good can he be? He can be a, a, a special one. And I think that what, what makes what makes him so good is he can play multiple positions. Obviously, last year, you know, he, he played the, the nickel corner for us. He also can play safety. And this year, he's going to play a, a lot of corner for us. So we're going to move him around, you know, as, as far as matching up. But, you know, his, his work ethic, obviously, he, he has the physical skills. He has the pedigree, you know, with his, with his dad playing at UM and in the league for a long time. He has it. Everything you want in the football player, he, he's he's so physical for his size. And, you know, the, the scary thing is he has two more years of high school left. So he, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get stronger and faster. You know, I can't wait if we have a season. Can't wait, you know, what he's going to bring to the table for us this year and, and the next. Yeah, and Pat, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. How does a head football coach of a high school team right now, when you're trying to plan for the season, when you're trying to get ready for the season, when you're trying to train for the season, how, how does a head football coach – Everything in the uncertainty with high school football right now, how do you get ready and prepare for this next upcoming season not knowing exactly what's going on? That, that's just it because you, you never know, so you always got to stay ready. So what we've been doing, we, we've been kind of conditioning you know, the past six weeks or so. Obviously, at some point in time, you don't want to over-condition the kids. So, so you know, we got to give them time off. But, you know, it's tough, man, because the, we're not getting any direct leadership from, from up top. So they've, they've had a meeting before saying that we would start a certain date. And obviously they moved it back and they have another meeting to say if we're going to even go on that date. Everything's up in the air, man. But you got to keep these kids, you know, you got to keep them in, in tune. You, you got to continue to to condition them. And these kids, man, they want to play bad. If you don't do it at your school, they're going to be in somebody's park, you know, running around in mm. groups of, they're eager to play. We, we eager to get back at it. But at the same time, we, we know the elephant in the room and, and, you know, we have to keep these kids safe. And that's, that's our priority right now. 
So if we can get back playing in a, in a safe environment, we're going to be ready to go. I, I don't know whether they'll give us two weeks or three weeks to prepare for, for when the season starts, but, but when, when it does start, you know, we'll be ready to go. Like right now, we can't even use a football. Only thing we have to do is, is condition and, and lift them. But uh, like I said, when, when that time comes, they give us a weekend, a, a place to be to play. My boys will be ready to go. Uh, listen, man, American Heritage Plantation, is a, it's private, and you got that big area in the back. If you want to throw that football a little bit, ain't nobody going to know. You're fine, man. Hey, no, nah, don't get Pat man. in trouble. You trying to get Pat hey. in trouble? Pat, don't hey, listen. Hey, don't me. listen to Joe. Right. Hey, man, yeah, I can't I'm not, I'm not you, listening, man. though, because to be at that school, man, they, they have a, a, a gazillion cameras around there, so you, you, right. Can't, right. you can't risk it, man. Joe, Joe just thinks there's a guy with binoculars staring at you. No cameras anywhere. Hey, That's man. what he thinks, right. I know every other school is, is throwing the ball around. Trust me, I, I right. see kids. Call them out, Pat, oh. right. Hey, Pat, I got a funny story, man. I was at Vista View one day, and so one of the schools, I don't want to say which one because I'm not doing that to the high school kids, but my man had his helmet on. He decided he was going to do one of those Tom Brady workouts, and I saw oh, the yeah. coach run over there. It's a school we know well, and and, and it was like, and the, and the kid, ran, the coach ran over there and said, take that damn thing off. And, and I was cracking up because they were throwing the ball around, man. They were throwing posts and takeoffs. And anybody thinks they're not out there throwing the rock around, yeah, you're, you're, it's a good call by you, Pat. Right, that, that's right. And, and, you, and, and you, have to, you have to get ready. So they're, they're definitely doing it in the parks. We, we just can't do it. You know, on our campus. We don't need to see Pat in a, in a Sun Sentinel article about hey, his team. And, and I got know? news for that. you. I got news for you. Um, my sources are telling me that Pat, I mean, Pat's kind of holding out like you got to get stuff out of Pat. He doesn't just give it, he's from the old school. That there's this new dude who can throw it pretty good that I saw throw a little bit on a video. Looks like he, he could be pretty Spit good. Spit it out, family, Joe. Spit it out, fa- Joe. Family down here. Oh, how, do you like the, uh, the way I, how do you like the way he's throwing it? You're talking about who you talking, talking about? I'm talking about new guy, the new guy in town. I'm talking about the new girl at the school. That's what I'm talking about. You talking about Tua? No, no, no. I'm talking about at your high school. Oh yeah, we, we we have a oh, we have a, we, oh, have a oh, who, who, yeah, oh. we have a young guy who yeah we have a guy who we're excited about man. It's gonna be a tenth grader man. He's I call oh. him I call him baby baby Colin Murray. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting him on it right now. Wow. I'm putting next hey, on them right now. Right. I just saw I saw about five throws on video, and I went, "Okay, Grandma, Mom, welcome. Nice to have you." Which sport What's takes that? the most skill? Golf, tennis, or bowling? I played all three. I'm, I'm not right. that good at bowling because I don't. I, my my fingers can't fit in the holes. Uh, tennis, man, the golf. I'm gonna say golf, man, because I played yeah. golf, and it's it's frustrating as hell. Can't hit the ball straight. Right. Not every time. Not yeah. every time. So I'm going to say either yeah. golf or tennis because I can't see myself returning one of those pro serves. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. And if yeah. you had to, and if you had to bet Joe, money on it, Joe's gonna say Joe's gonna say tennis, right? No, 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 no. no Joe said golf. golf. Joe said golf. golf sucks. Oh, okay. I quit playing golf. I got so right. frustrated. I quit. I but just wait. quit. Yeah, man. Pat, Pat, you think it's easier to bowl a 200 or break 80 on a golf course? <laughs> man, probably bowl. Probably bowl a 200. Probably bowling oh. 200. <laughs> wow. Okay, there it is. Perfect. That's it. Hey, hey Pat, before we, we let you go, you know a thing or two more than the rest of us about Tua. You've been around him for a 
last couple of years a lot and got to know the family and been around him. What are your thoughts on, on him coming in and, and how quickly can it happen, in your opinion? Oh, man, you know, I've, I've been a, a fan of this guy for as long as I, I tell it to everybody. Gosh, obviously, you know, we've had two quarterbacks in college and it hasn't translated to the NFL. I think he has all intangibles necessary. Uh, if they can protect him and, and he's healthy, I say throw him out there. Throw him out there, let him get his feet wet, let, let him see what you got. Because I, I think, you know, the way they're building this team, you know, and probably the next year or two, I think they have a chance to, to probably win it. They're going to have a shot this year to be competitive, but I think getting Tua in there, I think, can really elevate him and take him over the top and, and give him that guy that we haven't had for a long time now here. I'm, I feel that, that confident, you know, in his kids' abilities and his leadership wow. skills. I'm all in on Tua, man. He got to prove me right. And I, I've, been, I've been saying it since day one. I think he, the Dolphins, got them a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years Love or so. It. Ah, love the Tua talk, but wouldn't it be ironic if they ended up scrapping the football season and all this, should he play, shouldn't he play, is he healthy, is he not healthy, all goes for naught. We're not going to think like that. We're going to keep thinking, hey, right now, baseball, football, a little shaky-shaky, but they're okay. Basketball seems to be okay in the bubble, restarts tomorrow. Hockey, we've got MLS. Who knows what else we're going to get back soon enough or might just keep going. All of it. All of it. Positive thinking. Speaking of positive thinking, Dan Lebetard show, they checked in with very own Rachel Nichols. Disney is still a ways away. They do get to golf. They do have sort of games and things set up for them. They have arcade games. They have outdoor games. Um, and, and they have fishing. For me, I am, I am of the impression that all of the NBA is just catching one fish because you see everybody take a picture with the fish and then throw the fish back. Bubble Life brought to you by someone who once lived here in Miami, Rachel Nichols, on the way here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. You know what that music means. We're getting over the hump. Red Hot Chili Peppers, hump, deep bump. Ah, we're on the downslope now, but we're getting a high on Dan Lebetard's show's supply of Rachel Nichols. She is inside the NBA bubble talking about no Disney in the bubble. Also, will the NBA be outside of said bubble next season and strange purchases by players? What can you tell us about like sort of the amenities that guys have there, that the NBA players have there that uh, we might enjoy hearing about? It's a big question whether they get to go ride rides to Disneyland. Is that kind of the most important thing happening? Because I can understand that if it is. I, I imagine you uh, trying to sneak out and uh, you know do the teacups <laughs> and stuff. Like I imagine you <laughs> trying to violate all protocols in the bubble because you want to uh, you know check out one of the roller coasters. Hey, those teacups are dangerous. Don't joke. You take your life into your own hands in one of those things. I think that they told guys that they might get a Disney outing. Certainly the Lopez twins who play on the Bucks are big Disney aficionados. In fact, Brooke Lopez owns a house on the Disney property. That is how much he likes coming here. 
Um, they, of course, have their little season passes. But so far, they've been trying to keep everybody inside. They just changed things so that, and this is planned, um, they've just reached a step where players are even allowed to go to each other's hotels. So I think Disney is still a ways away. They do get the golf. They do have sort of games and things set up for them. They have arcade games. They have outdoor games. Um, and, and they have fishing. For me, I am, I am of the impression that all of the NBA is just catching one fish because you see everybody take a picture with the fish and then throw the fish back. And I think there is probably one NBA fish. Um, I would like to know his name. I would like to get the sit-down interview with the fish. But so far, he's not returning my call. Rachel, who is living their best life in the NBA bubble? Because we've seen the NBA bubble life, the Twitter and Instagram account. But by your uh, estimation, who's living their best life in the bubble right now? I kind of think a bunch of guys are. And, and not to get too serious, but it's mostly the guys who um, are in that age group where they don't have kids or people at home that they, you know, for them, it's sort of like, oh, I live in an apartment by myself and do stuff and play basketball. And now I've moved down here and I live by myself and do stuff and play basketball, except instead of having to text my friends and convince them to come over, we're all here together. So I think for those guys, it's actually been a lot of fun. And you've seen them, you know, shotgunning beers and all of that. You know, some of the older guys who have families, some of the coaches, um, those are the conversations I've had um, with people where they have just sort of expressed that this is this is tough. I mean, Frank Vogel and I were talking yesterday. He says goodbye to his wife and kids. And when he's doing that, he's saying, I hope I don't see you for three months, right? It's a, it's a very weird thing that the more successful you are, the longer and more you'll be away from your family. So it's just a dynamic I think guys aren't used to. Obviously, these players travel all the time, but not for three months at a time. And they just had an unprecedented stretch where they had four months at home, which is something that none of their families were used to. So I think for it's a little more complicated to be down there, down here for guys who have families. And then you see the sort of 23-year-old who are just, you know, hanging out with their bros, playing Outdoor Connect 4. And and how is that different from home? Is there more hope now within NBA circles that this is going to be successful, even though there could be a catastrophe at any moment, just given... Uh, how we thought about this a month ago versus how we might think about it today? Well, I think in a good way, no one's like counting their chickens, right? So they just announced this morning, um, first of all, there are no chickens. They could not get tested. They could not get onto the property. But just this morning, they announced that they had zero positive tests for the past nine days. They had previously announced zero positive tests for the previous, I think, eight or nine days. So yes, it is working so far. Could there be a problem? They've got three more months of this. So sure, absolutely. I don't think that they're feeling, you know, cocky about anything. But I do think that they feel that even if somehow the virus got in and one or two guys came down with it, there is enough protocol and layers of protection, which is what they call it, that it wouldn't spread rampantly. And that's kind of what they're banking on. So I don't think they have promised anyone that it will be zero the whole way through. I think they feel like if they do have a couple cases crop up here and there, the hope at least is that it can be contained and that person can rest and heal and then and then rejoin the group once that they're test negative. Rachel, the story came out yesterday where Michelle Roberts, the executive director of the NBA Players Association, said there may be a need for a bubble even next season. How have players reacted to that news as it trickled out? It's just tricky, right? Because part of dealing with coronavirus, as we've all found out in the last four or five months, is that it's very hard to say what's going to happen in a month, right? The NBA would like next season to start pretty soon, right? They'd like to, they're, they're targeting December 1st, which on the one hand is not a lot of time to plan. On the other hand, 
gosh, if I look five months behind us, I could never have planned for what we're doing now, right? I would have told you we're crazy that I would be standing in Orlando in a face mask watching NBA players scrimmage. Like, they just, they, I would put you in an insane asylum. So to predict what's going to happen in five months from now is really hard, but it is also really hard right now to see what would be different. And if you're going to start training camps in November and we're on the brink of August right now, is so much in the country going to be different that you could do this outside of the bubble? And the short answer is we don't know. Um, and the long answer is you got to plan for a lot of different scenarios. And one of the things I've heard crop up is, hey, maybe it wouldn't be just one bubble in a place like Orlando. Maybe you would do what they call pod, where you have the NBA divided up into four pods geographically. Players can bring their families. You have it set up as sort of a more, a more sort of livable long-term situation. And then you do those pods and then the pod champions sort of play together. But that is literally just, this is not, I'm not reporting this. This is an idea someone has thrown out and they have thrown out six other ideas, right? And they're just going to have to keep going through the next few months of planning to see how this will work while we are also watching what is happening around the country. Can you tell us about the bubble and the daily sort of infringements of living in the bubble that are different than living outside the bubble as you are, you know, you're in there and you had to go through a bunch of protocols in order to be in there, correct? Yeah, and you can think of, of some stuff beforehand. So I really like good coffee and I heard that there were bad coffee makers in the room and not really access to a coffee spot on campus. So I went to Amazon and ordered myself a $62 espresso machine, which has become my best friend. And it lives with me in my little hotel room and I talk to it and it's lovely. So you can anticipate some of those things, but some things you can't, right? I mean, you might, you're here for three months. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to come out and come back to our LA studio after a while, but these guys who are here for a long time, it's just little things. I think creature comforts of home. That is the reason why the shipping center here has been so busy. We did a piece on ESPN yesterday showing a warehouse where they ship stuff in. And the reason why it's so busy, just loads of UPS trucks every day, is you have a few thousand people who are like, oh, man, I forgot that. Let me Amazon that. How do we become more creative about something else? So I, I think teams have, have brought in things. The shipping center told me that somebody ordered a full-size refrigerator to be put in their room, like with the ice maker and the whole thing. Um, someone ordered a couch to be delivered in their room. My room is not that big. I don't know where you would put a couch, but hey, I guess, you know, someone wants a couch. So there you go. Rachel, how many chicken wing jokes have you heard in the last couple of days since you've been there? <laughs> I mean, it is interesting that the players take on the Lou Williams situation is pretty different from the rest of, of what I've heard from outside the bubble. And it is their health and safety that is theoretically at risk here. But players, I think, had some concern after seeing the Lou Williams situation about being told what to do kind of in their private time and monitored and dictated to in their private time. And I understand that, right? That I've had several players tell me like, hey, you just stopped to get some food. And we had Tracy McGrady say on the show yesterday, what if he had gone to Wingstop instead of Magic City? Like, does he still get in trouble? Does he still have to quarantine for 10 days? The NBA says the answer is yes, by the way, that going to a restaurant is a high-risk activity in their mind and to sort of show that the morality quote issue isn't at play here. Um, the example of Alex Caruso is something we've talked about because the NBA talked to him when he wanted to go to his sister's wedding. Um, his sister was having a hundred-person wedding in Texas and Alex asked, if I leave the bubble for that, what do I have to do when I come back? And they said a hundred-person wedding is a high-risk activity. 
So if you left for the wedding, you would have to quarantine for 10 days upon coming back. And Alex decided in the end not to do it. But the NBA is sitting as judge and jury on those decisions. And it is the goal to keep everyone safe and healthy. And if you listen to these top epidemiologists that they've hired, it makes sense. But it is also something that conflicts with the player's sense of, hey, so much of my life is regulated by rules. And and that's true now more than ever before. You know, if I want to go get wings, why is someone else deciding where I get wings? And I think it is an interesting look at sort of the larger conversation that is going on in this country about personal liberty versus your responsibility to the collective. And it happens in big, huge, controversial ways on the national stage. And it happens at Magic City, apparently in the NBA. couple of questions. One, the Brian Windhorst report that the next super team might be being planned right now. Two, the proper <laughs> response to J.R. Smith uh, saying he's got only seven pair of underwear in the bubble. I could do 18 spots for you on the radio and I will never discuss J.R. Smith's underwear. You can't make me. ESPN doesn't pay me enough. As for the super team, yeah, I mean, look, we've seen super teams develop out of Team USA in the Olympics. It's certainly where uh, Dwayne and LeBron bonded with Chris Bosh. And it is definitely where Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Andre Drum and um, DeAndre Jordan became such good friends. And the idea that, you know, they, they were on a boat in Rio and they were all stuck together and, and they became buddies. And that friendship lasted a couple years and is the reason that Kevin Durant or one of the reasons he doesn't play for the Warriors anymore, which is one of the biggest moves in the NBA in the last five years. So I absolutely think that there's going to be some sort of impactful relationship here. Players can go visit each other on other teams now. They can hang out. They're locked in this situation with each other, and I would expect it to spawn some friendships, and that could turn around and spawn some free agency, no doubt. Uh, Thank you for the time, Rachel. Check her out on the jump every day in the middle of your afternoon. Uh, Thank you for being on with us. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, guys. Always great NBA insight from Rachel Nichols. She lived in Miami for a while. Very proud of her. Very, very proud. Proud of Hawk and Crowder? (sighs) I know that they're about swinging on each other right now. There's a fight? There's a fight in an exhibition hockey game in the bubble? Exhibition fisticuffs? I'm all in. Five minutes away from that and more on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, soaking in some rush right now because the band's bassist, getting me with that high singing voice, 67 years young today. And I say that because he's 67, but he is still rocking. That's some Getty Lee for you right there. Speaking of quote-unquote old men still rocking on this day in 1915, 41-year-old Onus Wagner hit a grand slam, and maybe more impressively, in 1921, 54-year-old Cy Young pitched two innings in the major leagues. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Age is only a state of mind. Keep living your life the best you possibly can. Speaking of living the good life, Hawk and Crowder, weekdays 2 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. They're living the good life, just having fun, paying attention to the barn burner of a hockey exhibition game that the Panthers had earlier today. Also, Atlanta is the opposite of the bubble, at least in Crowder's opinion. And you better get your quotes correct. You know what? It feels like the old loco hour, Crowder. Hey, 
because we're only on 790 right now. We're not on 560 because 560 has that barn burner of the Panthers exhibition game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if you understand what barn burner means. It means I'd rather be in a burning barn than watch this game. (laughs) Come on, Bob. Let's go. I mean, I don't know enough about hockey to know if all, uh, the Panthers are losing four nothing in the third period, the beginning of the f- third period. They were losing four nothing after two periods. I don't know enough about hockey to know whether it, I, and I was watching it sporadically, whether it's Bobrovsky's fault or the defense's fault. Like I just, I don't know. I know that they're about swinging on each other right now. There's a fight. There's a fight in an exhibition hockey game in the bubble. Hey man, uh, a lot of frustrations built up. Yeah, yeah. This Bobrovsky <laughs> just like, uh, you, man. You know everybody's been sitting at the house with their family. We love our family. Some people don't. They're, they're, they're frustrated right now. Bobrovsky was telling his family for, you know, six months. Oh, man, I can't wait to get back out there. I'm going to do it right. Boom, 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 boom. Huh? For nothing? What? In Russia, the goals score on you. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if he's Russian. I think he's Finnish. I don't even know. I liked your accent, though. Thank you. Thank you very much. Marlins are being talked about everywhere. Again, though, not for any of the the right reasons. And again, it's just the Marlins right now that have had these positive tests. Um, The NBA, according to Sham Sharanya, zero NBA players have tested positive for coronavirus out of 344 players tested at the Orlando campus since the results were announced on July 20th. So they've had consecutive testing rounds where no new player has tested positive. So that bodes well as long as people will adhere like if the bubble is clean which it seems like it is now if people will adhere to the bubble restrictions they should be fine i say that with the caveat that people come into the bubble that are not part of the bubble you know what i mean employees and whatnot so there's still the opportunity for that virus to be spread in there but right now there is none and nhl none and uh looks like uh just mlb but mlb be again doing it a different way because they're traveling and with uh, the the story on the marlins now that they were partying in atlanta so yeah bob nightingale from usa today who we had on yesterday says that that's what he's heard although marlins people are refuting that furiously i don't know i gotta see what um hawk you've heard me say this before man because now it's back to back now with this you know alleged story and now with lou williams at magic city getting the wings i tell you hawk where's the one city my wife is does not want me to go over vegas it's atlanta Right. I'm telling right. you, guy out there, I'll be honest. A single man in Atlanta is a fresh steak off straight off the grill. I'm telling you, bro, Atlanta is crazy when it comes to just women and partying and things to do and restaurants. I can see back to back NBA and now MLB. You go to Atlanta, you get in trouble. Atlanta's the opposite of the bubble. There's the bubble and then there is Atlanta. Don't let anybody <laughs> go to Atlanta. I will tell you this. A Marlins front office executive, I'm not going to name him, but this is a public tweet. So if you want to find it yourself, find it yourself. But this is a Marlins front office executive tweeted last night. Surely a prominent national writer would not go on a radio program and blindly throw out a rumor without a shred of factual information. Surely that wouldn't happen. That yeah. I, That is a Marlins front office guy that I'll yeah. tell you during the break who it is. And anyone can find it. It's on Twitter. But yeah. um, they're, they're going to refute that. And I, you know, I don't know what the truth is. I hate that characterization because we were goofing yesterday. Oh, Marlins are dirty. You know, they they must have not followed the rules. And then we're like, we're just goofing around because 
wow, there's a fight now in the in the Lightning <laughs> Panthers game. There is a full-on fight. This is not a lit, like they are throwing punches. I didn't even know this was legal in the bubble. There's too much touching. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is a legit fight. If we came back to the studio right now, I think we might fight more. It's possible. Just because we just, you got to get, we got to, we got to, we got to flex our wings a little bit. We got to open up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That is a full on fight. All right, let's get headlines. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. A lot of stuff. I did something on Twitter today. I cannot believe it worked again. And now I'm guessing it's going to work every year. I'll share with everybody what it is. Uh, let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana. Truly unbelievable. Like it what's really happening. Is. Yeah. It's really, it's all like I did it as a little tongue in cheek joke, but it shows you how, you know, when we say uh, people, oh, they listen to the show, they never miss a show, whatever. Like these are people that are regular listeners of the show that are getting fooled by something that I have I've said on the air a number of times. Yes. It just it really I, I'm we, delighted. We replayed this a number of I times know, as well. I like, know. I know. Yeah. By it the way, write it. It plays into why the Panthers are fighting right now. It's people are people are on edge, baby. They're ready Say to go. Crazy. They are ready. We're all to living. Go. Uh, we're all living. Do the right thing. Last six months have been a hot summer day in Brooklyn. Everybody's on the edge. Everybody's on the edge. By the way, guys, regarding the Bob Nightingale, um, I guess quote, we could say that all the articles or every every single news network ran with yesterday that Marlins players were partying in Atlanta. Something weird is happening because first and foremost. Bob Nightingale was on in Miami. If, if he, <laughs> with us. With us. So if he had that scoop, you'd think he'd say it on with well, a Miami the, the, affiliate. The, the, only thing, the only thing that I will give him some uh, possibility of uh, not knowing when he was on with us, he was on with us around 2.20 yesterday. He didn't say that story till about 5.30 right. last night on a Pittsburgh station. And, uh, so well, he may not have had that nugget. And here's what's weird about all of this. This story went viral because Andrew Filipponi at the Pony Express, he tweeted yesterday, and, and he works for that station, 93.7 The Fan. He tweeted yesterday that Bob Nightingale told them he's heard the Marlins outbreak started because Miami players left their hotel to go out and have a good time in Atlanta. He has since deleted that tweet. And on top of that, Bob Nightingale never retweeted it, never took credit oh, really? for that scoop. So oh, this wow. this could okay. just be a classic case of Bob Nightingale. I, I, and, and I haven't or, heard I haven't heard the, the, the interview, but uh, there was never like a direct quote of Bob this, Nightingale saying that that's right. what happened. So this could be, and I've worked at plenty of radio stations. We've been guilty of this. Some radio stations are so enticed by the notion of getting media. So Bob Nightingale could be on with them and say something along the lines of, I don't know, maybe they were out partying all. right maybe exactly. a few marlins players broke off from the group and were out partying all night in atlanta you know there's a lot to do in atlanta and then all of a sudden the radio station website decides bob nightingale you know colon marlins were out partying in atlanta like that yeah if if nightingale has not doubled down on that and they've uh, uh deleted the tweet right then i would say they probably took what he said out of context i'm upset because i would have ran with that had he said anything <laughs> close to that i mean i i went with his direct quote which was him calling out Major League Baseball that if this was the Yankees or Dodgers, mm-hmm. they would have canceled the season. We which thought I, that was a story. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I sent that to Radio.com. I was hoping to get clicks. Uh, then five hours later, yeah. they're going with the uh, Pittsburgh yeah, story. Yeah, you got to make up something better. Yeah, man. <laughs> funny, funny you say that. I We had a producer one time. I won't say his name. It rhymes with Sarshant. But he he put out I – was, I was making a hypothetical about, like, somebody – it was years ago, and somebody got caught smoking weed, and everybody was like, oh, why would you ruin your career smoking weed? And 
I said, y'all know Ricky Williams smoked his whole career, right? So if Ricky Williams smoked the night before he ran for 270 in Buffalo, does that make you think any different about weed and how it, how it, you know, interacts with your athletic ability? He wrote the quote to the media sources as Channing Crowder says Ricky Williams smoked the night before he ran for 270 in Buffalo. He left off if he would have. And everybody right. called me. I had to go. ESPN called me to talk about like, everybody was trying to get in touch with me because he left out two or three words. So yes, producers can do that. You know, you live that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Live I've lived that. through that. And the other thing too, with this story, guys, I don't see what, what's going on with teams. I don't see what's going on with the COVID, the bubbles, the NBA, like everything these, these, with these, Lou Williams, with Lou, everything. Like, that these was teams the warning flare. <laughs> and, and teams and leagues are doing to keep players safe. I've been on the road with teams, obviously with the Dolphins. I had eight, eight, uh, eight away games a year. I don't think it was like it used to be right now where you just, they, they fly you into Atlanta and then they cut you loose until 10 right, at night. They right. can't, like, I don't see the Marlins just letting guys go in and out of the hotel willy-nilly like they want to. There is too many damn security guards for players just to go party, go to strip clubs, hang out with the Braves, come back whenever they want to. I, I don't see that yeah. being actual, I mean, yeah. factual either. My guess is that Bob Nightingale was not happy that a false quote was attributed to him. So I don't think anybody is, but... Always keep it correct on Hawk and Crowder weekdays, 2 to 6, right here on 560 The Joe. couple things breaking right now. It's looking like the ACC is planning for this coming football season to play 11 games, 10 of them in conference, one of them will be out of conference, and Notre Dame will be eligible to be in the ACC championship. Not to mention Joe Kelly, who threw at some of the Astros yesterday from the Dodgers. He's been suspended eight games for throwing at those Astros and maybe saying a couple of choice words. Zion Williamson for my New Orleans Pelicans, who I love, 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 love. Questionable for tomorrow. Remember, he went outside the NBA bubble, take care of a personal family issue. He is now back. He is off quarantine, but he's only really gotten one practice in, so He'll probably play tomorrow, but don't know how much run he will get. I am ready for this NBA season to start. I've watched a ton of MLS games. Both MLS games, magical last night. Both went to shootout, cliffhangers, but some NBA action will be much, much appreciated. The Heat getting back in action. They took one on the chin yesterday. Here's what Spo had to say after the game. I should be, you know, frustrated and angry, you know, if you're not playing well. We have an extremely competitive locker room in there, uh, and our guys want to play well and play well together. And we didn't today. Memphis had a lot to, to say about that. Uh, you know, they played well, uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on the defense, got in the paint, and then as soon as they started making the threes and everything, everything pretty much fell apart from there. It is an exhibition game. It's forgotten about. The real deal with the Heat and the Nuggets going to be Saturday afternoon. That is going to be some good stuff. A lot of sports this weekend. we got MLS. We've got MLB, hopefully. We also have basketball. Oh, yes, indeed. Pelicans going to kick things off tomorrow when they play the Jazz at around 530. I'll be back tomorrow night around 6 o'clock to bring you some more of the best of, because this is the best of the Joe show right here on 560 The Joe. Later, slug.